ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do, but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Who is Erin Scott, please? I am someone whose life has been forever changed by the love of dogs. That's the best I can say. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you... Um, let me put it this way. How did you become a dog mom? It's all my husband's fault. (laughs) Um, back in 2004, we had just got engaged and we bought our first house and he, my husband's name is Tim and he had been wanting a dog for ever since I met him, ever since I met him, which had been in the year of 2000. He was like, one day, you know, I'm going to own my own house and have my own yard and and have a dog because he had always lived in these kind of um, crappy apartments. (laughs) And and so as soon as we closed on our house, which was July 1st, like the very next day, I went on the website for our local humane society and he had always wanted a female brindle pit bull. This was, he had been like picturing this dog in his head for 10 years. Uh, Cause he knew somebody one time that had this dog that looked like that and he just loved it. And so for like 10 years, he's like, one day I'm going to have a female brindle pit bull. So I go on the website for our local humane society. And right there on the first page is a female brindle pit bull. And I'm like, well, this is our dog. And she was, that was <laughs> our dog, Lucy. And I was kind of hesitant about the whole thing. Uh, I did not really grow up with, with many pets, uh, we had a bird actually when I was a little older, um, but I, I, you know, I kind of thought dogs were annoying. Uh, I had had, <laughs> had friend like I had this friend in high school, and every time you'd go over there, she'd be like, "Oh, don't get the dog excited because she'll piddle," and I didn't know what that meant. It means pee on your foot is actually what it means. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, this is horrible. Why do people have these things? And you know, I had dated a guy in high school and I'd come over, you know, like looking all cute and like this, their dog would come like barreling out of the woods, covered in mud, like knock me down, get mud all over my, you know, cute outfit. And I just was like, these, these dogs are annoying. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't sure about the whole thing, but I very quickly, very, very quickly fell in love. And, and Lucy, Lucy just totally changed my life. And, and she's actually my podcast logo. If you see the artwork for it, that's uh, Lucy. <laughs> nice nice so you know um so basically you you didn't actually actively look to become a dog owner did you you know you did not it me because you loved your husband yeah <laughs> yeah that's absolutely correct oh, wow. yeah <laughs> wow and you know um besides you know being a pet parent and all that um how so okay so you've been a pet owner for how many years now 2004 um almost 18 years yeah wow it's it's quite a while so how many dogs have you had since then uh we've had a total of four personally and then we had like sort of a foster dog situation at one point that was not planned (laughs) it just sort of happened and uh we found that dog a lovely home Uh, right and then we realized that we were not cut out for having more than two dogs in the house (laughs) (laughs) so you know your your journey into you know like what made you decide to start um your podcast so it was kind of an interesting thing how it happened. Uh, 
in 2018, uh, I had actually been diagnosed with breast cancer. And in 2019, in June, I became a breast cancer survivor the same week that I turned 40 years old. And so it was this very sort of like new decade, new energy. I just came out of this big sort of kind of traumatic thing. Like, what am I going to do with with myself now? And I had some friends uh, who were doing a podcast. It wasn't about dogs or anything, but they kind of made it look doable. And back in 2019, there weren't quite as many dog podcasts as there are now. And a lot of them seem to be focused on dog training and things like that. And I just kind of like hearing people's stories. And I know some people through volunteering and through other activities that I've met through the dog world. I have this huge community and network of people now in my life that I wouldn't have if it wasn't for the dogs. And and people have these really amazing stories. And I was like, I wanna hear their story. And my husband's kind of like, well, I think this sounds like you need to start a podcast to tell these stories. And I said, I think you might be right. And and so my friends kind of showed me, gave me a little tutorial and made it seem doable. And and that's kind of how it all started. I just love sharing people's stories. (laughs) Mm, Okay. So, you know, with with your podcast and sharing stories, um, which one was, say your most you know did you have a a favorite story that you know that you've that you've told over the years or um or like with some people say they they can't choose so i'll give you like top three yeah oh my gosh it would be so hard for me to choose because i have to kind of fall in love with each one when i'm doing it i i just put so much of myself into it uh into each episode So I have a friend of mine who I just love her stories and her story was one of the reasons that I was inspired to start the podcast because she had worked this very kind of fancy corporate job for a long time. And then she left her corporate job to become a full-time dog trainer. And she specializes in like trick dog training. And her dogs have actually been in Chewy.com commercials and a Mercedes-Benz commercial. And they have been like live dog models on QVC home shopping network. And I just love her story that now she gets to live out her passion because of these dogs that have come into her life and, and inspired her. And so that that was one that was kind of in my head when when I very first started the idea for the podcast. But then I get to like connect with all of, you know, some of the time I have people who I know personally, sometimes it's people that find me or get referred to me or who I'm just, I mean, you know, excited to have an excuse to talk to, for instance, um, Dr. Zazie Todd, who's a you know dog trainer and companion animal psychology. I got to uh, re- do like an advanced review of her book, um, WAG, The Science of Making Your Dog Happy. And that was really exciting. It was the first time I had ever done something like that. So that one was very exciting for me. And I still kind of, you know, get to talk with her on social media and, you know, she knows who I am and, and I just get all excited every time. <laughs> so that that one was very special to me. But honestly, like, it's really hard for me to, to pick because... <laughs> I, you know, just everybody who's, who's been on, I'm so grateful. And I just, there's this elements, you know, I see elements of myself and their stories and I just feel so fortunate that I can share it. So it's really, really hard for me to pick. It's like picking a favorite child or something. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. I will, I will push you too hard for that. But what about, okay. So, um, how many dogs have you had over the years? Cause you've been a dog mom for quite a while now. So we, Lucy was our first girl, um, and then we had Kalua. So they, I always call them our old gals, Lucy and Kalua, and they both passed away in 2015. And then uh, we have Penny now and Nino, our boy. So those have been our four dogs that have been our dogs. And Penny just opened up the door and came into the room. Um, <laughs> and she must have heard me talking about it. Uh, and then... Um, we also had a, a foster dog one time, but we realized that three was a crowd in our house. Sorry, <laughs> right, she just opened the door. My husband's out there banging around. 
Uh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, you know, how, okay, so what kind of dog mom would you describe yourself? <laughs> I hope not a helicopter dog, dog mom. <laughs> um, you know, we were not over the top about training. They're probably a little bit spoiled, but we do have certain manners that we have in the house. Um, and I'm also just very always concerned about their health and their food and their diet and the vet. And so we always seem to have strange health issues going on despite all of our best efforts. Uh, so I'm usually very consumed with researching what's going on and trying all these different things. And, uh, but I just love to spend time with them and whether it's walking, whether it's walking or, you know, Penny's favorite thing in the world is to do a car ride with her head out the window. And so I plan like my whole weekends around being able to have time to take her somewhere for a ride. And uh, Nino just, you know, loves to walk and play ball. And so we just try to make time to do all their favorite things as much as possible. <laughs> um, when you started this podcast, um it was um would you say a, a side passion project for you um so what do you normally do when you're not doing your podcast well i work <laughs> full time and i have i'm in the car for about an hour and a half a day because it's like a 45 minute commute each way so that takes up a lot of my days but I love to read. That's really my favorite thing ever is to just read. I try to make time to do that at some point every day, even if it's just right before I go to bed or something. And, uh, you know, and, and doing stuff with the dogs, we try to you know do dog walks as much as possible and uh, do some sort of little adventures, you know, with them in, in our spare time, whether it's, you know, going to a state park or, or something like that. And, um, and then just trying to, you know, get together with friends and stuff like that. We're pretty, uh, we're pretty low-key uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, thank you for sharing, you know, about your cancer. You know, um, I have I have several friends who, who who are cancer survivors. And, you know, it's it's not an easy um, experience. And, you know, I think, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who who have gone through it and survived and you know they something usually um changes for them you know um quite on a very profound way um would you be willing to share um how your experience has changed you What's so funny, right, is that when I got the diagnosis, I was so adamant and so convinced that this was not going to change me or to change anything. Um, I actually did something called cold capping uh, during my chemo, which helps you keep your hair. Uh, so I didn't have to lose my hair during chemo because I so... I've always had long hair and I was so like, this thing isn't going to take that away from me. Um, and I worked pretty much full time other than when I was actually like, you know, having surgery or getting chemo that day or something. And I kept up all my volunteer activities and I was so adamant that like, this was not going to stop me from living my life and being the person that I am. But... <laughs> Despite all my best efforts, yes, everything changed. <laughs> and and that was me, basically. And just sort of realizing that I wanted to do more of what lights me up in life and that there's a lot of times where I have let fear and anxiety and concern of what other people were going to think hold me back. And I have things in my heart that I want to share. And there's been times where I haven't done that. And I wasn't going to do that anymore. And and so that that's kind of where some of the podcast and, and other things came from was I, 
I have something to say and I'm not going to let my concern for what somebody else might think or the mean girl in third grade, you know, that still lives in my head, you know, I'm not going to let that hold me back anymore because this is, you know, you only get one shot at this and life is short and all of those kinds of, of things really hit home for me. Uh, and, you know, my, we actually lost my mother-in-law to breast cancer, my husband's mom, and she was only 47 when she passed away. And my husband just turned 47. So it's been kind of strange, <laughs> but, you know, it, it really just kind of hit home a little bit extra of, I have this, you know, second chance or this new chance or this, this moment of, of deciding what am I really going, going to do with this life and that she didn't get that. And, and I'm really going to take advantage of it and, and, uh, yeah, that it, despite all my best efforts not to let it change me, it did. <laughs> well, I think, you know, um, people, I think human nature, we're kind of lazy. Uh, we, we, we like our comfort zones. We don't like change sometimes, um, getting out of our comfort zone. Um, but I think um, what it did for you was to create this, um, you know, some more clarity for you uh, to give you a sense of purpose because I think you know a lot of people go through life myself included you know not really knowing what we want or like you said you know we're too scared uh, we let our our fears our you know limiting beliefs to to hold us back and you know when when I meet someone like you who who has gone through you know, um, cancer and, and, you know, survived it and, you know, just, um, having a, a very different outlook in life, it, I have a huge respect for people, you know, like you, because it, it keeps reminding me, you know, um, cause it's like, you know, Hey, don't be so lazy. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't realize how, how lucky you are <laughs> compared to other people. You know, so when 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 I have um, good friends who went through the same experience as you, um, it made me you know um, extremely grateful for really the little things in life, and for the fact that my friends still around, and when they go through that life changing experience, um, which is very profound, you know, um, you know, you say you were afraid of losing and yourself, you know. Um, but I think probably you actually found yourself maybe, you know, um, a true, you know, a truer self, the stronger you came out, you know, um, that's a because, fair statement. Yeah. You know, because I think, um, your podcast is, is one of the few podcasts that caught my eye. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, like you said, uh, a lot of podcasts talk about training and stuff, but you you have very heart centered kind of conversations. It's it's um it's very refreshing, you know. Uh, a lot of people don't like to share their true self um, publicly. You know, we all like to wear a mask, um, and it takes a certain kind of person, you know, uh, to to be brave enough to come forward and this is this is where i always admire people like you you know who who actually you know uh step out of your comfort zone and set set an example to inspire others so you know um i just wanted to thank you you know for what you're doing because... you can make me cry <laughs> <laughs> because you know uh we need more good people like you, honest people like you, you know, who don't shy away from, you know, talking the truth, even if it's not very comfortable sometimes, you know, um, because we, yeah, we need more inspirational people like you. So I just <laughs> want to thank you. I really want to thank, thank you. you. <laughs> You know, you, you're so sweet and you're so humble. It's, you know, um, it's, it's, 
you know, I don't, I don't think uh, a lot of people realize it, but you're a very, very nice person. You know, <laughs> you just, really, just, you just, you just really shy, but <laughs> but I think you're very sweet. You're a very sweet you. person. Well, you know, I I've heard you say before that you feel very shy or introverted, and and I. I also consider myself very introverted, but I do like talking to people. I just really enjoy it more on like a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. I get very sort of overwhelmed if it's like in a crowd or like I'm a bad mingler, you know, <laughs> but I, I really do just have a, like having meaningful conversations with people and, you know, like I'm not great at like, where's the weather, but I'm like, you know, what has changed your soul? <laughs> like, that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to know about. And, and for me, it was dogs. And so it's really meaningful to me to hear how it has, how dogs and the love of animals has impacted other people. And, and also sometimes I'm, I'm just glad I'm just like, Oh, all of this therapy has worked. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would you say, um, you know, being, well, it's, um, might not be a fair question because you know you're a cancer survivor so that's a bit hard to trump but um in your journey so far what was you know um the most you know pivotal moment for you when you you know sort of because you said you're you're a reluctant dog mom you know didn't really want dogs um, but when, when did you sort of like hit you that, Hey, you know, um, being a dog parent really meant something to you. So I'll tell you something here. And I, I have talked about it before. I don't, sometimes I feel like I need to give like a trigger warning before I start talking about it, just cause I, I know it's really upsetting for people to hear, but, um, so, you know, I meet my husband, Tim, and he has a son when I met him from a previous relationship. And we met in 2000, and his son was two and a half at that time. Uh, and then in 2003, his son was almost six. And his son, my stepson, and his mother were killed in a car accident. And that's like the most life-changing you know like if there's a like before and after moment in my life like losing him was it and so it was about six or eight months later when our first dog lucy came into my life and we were still very raw and hurting and you know that was why i wanted him to have a dog is just if there was anything that could make him happy in that time i wanted to do it because we lost his mom and then we lost his son within like a couple months of each other and and then we had like this huge life transition right of like getting engaged getting married buying a house and you know i was had changed jobs and and stuff and all in this like really like all within a year's time so I can tell you the moment that I literally just fell in love with Lucy was I was was sitting on the sofa reading a book and I didn't think that there was anything in the book that was going to be triggering to me emotionally. I think it was like a murder mystery or something, but somehow in this book, there was something mentioned about like the loss of a child and I just lost it and started crying because this was all still just so raw in our, our lives, um, this tragedy and, uh, and Lucy had been like chewing her bone or something across the room. And all of a sudden she gets up and she like comes across the room and she climbs up on the sofa and she just kind of lays her head down on my chest and just kind of looks at me and just laid there with me. And I, and that just made me cry even more. And she just laid there with me while I cried. And, and like, I don't know, in that moment, it was like, I got it. Like, I'm like, oh, now I understand why people have dogs. Now I understand, you know, and Lucy was always so like emotionally in tune attuned to us um and that wasn't something that i had ever really experienced before from from animals because i hadn't really been exposed to many of them in my life for or for any real length of periods of time you know so that was the moment that it that i got it and that was probably like about three weeks after we brought her home so it's also not like she had been in our lives for that long of a period of time you know so that that's the moment <laughs> 
You mentioned you you do volunteer work. So what kind of volunteer work do you do? So I'm part of an organization here in Baltimore. And uh, in Baltimore, everything is called Be More as an abbreviation for Baltimore. Um, so our organization is called Be More Dog, uh, which sometimes I think has a funny kind of play on words to it because we kind of all should be more dog. But <laughs> that was not, not our intention in naming it. But uh, we we started as kind of this group of pit bull owners who just kind of wanted to do something to help kind of give pit bulls a better name, I guess. Um, but I guess what we really kind of quickly started seeing is in is the need of what people really needed in Baltimore. They didn't need pit bulls to have a better name. They needed help. You know, there's a lot of poverty in Baltimore, and and people needed help taking care of their animals. So we ended up creating what we call the Be More Dog Wellness Clinics. And we're all volunteers. And we go out and do these like pop-up veterinary clinics in different parks throughout Baltimore. So we kind of worked with, there's some different like maps that are kind of um, show you like areas of need and we would talk to like animal control and see where there were areas of problems. So we kind of tried to identify different neighborhoods that have like the most need for services. And, uh, and that's where we go. And we do this whole pop-up event us all in one day. We have veterinarian, we can do, um, we give out free leashes and collars. We have partner programs that provide free dog food. If people are interested in spay neuter, we can do that. Not on site, but we can sign them up and get them connected to a free grant program. And we try to make it like a one-stop thing for anything that you might need for your dog. And and occasionally we see people who have dogs with a health issue that's more of a, not something that she can take care of right in the middle of a park. Uh, and so we do have some other partner organizations that we can refer them to that can even provide transportation and, and things like that. Uh, so yeah, we've, we've been doing this for 10 years and we started out really small and have just been able to grow and partner with other organizations and, and try to, every time we see a need for something, we, we try to address it and find somebody, if we can't help, we try to find somebody that can help and uh, and take care of, you know, of animals and, and, and help keep people help people keep their animals in their home and not have to surrender to a shelter or something like that when it's something like, I can't afford this or that. Uh, you know, we're, we're often able to help people keep their pets in their home, you know, also. So it's been, we've helped over 3,300 dogs over the last 10 years. And it's like, if there's one thing in life I am most proud of, it's that. <laughs> wow. From someone who really didn't like or cared about dogs, you just threw yourself into the dog world, you know, dog mom, dog volunteer. Um, and yeah, I mean, when know, I do something, I really do it <laughs> <laughs> with you, it, with anything, <laughs> you know, um, wow. It's that's, that's beautiful, you know, honestly. And I love the fact that you're working with, um, you know, uh, the low income, uh, families who who might have a hard time economically to to keep their dogs. Um, not a lot of people actually realize, you know, when when they go through hardship, it's it's not just the humans that suffer, the animals, the pets actually suffer. Um, um, and also, I think um, the situation because I live in Singapore, which is different from the US, but from what I understand in the US, not everyone owns their own home. Uh, most people usually tend to rent their homes. So it to to be a pet owner and rent a home is not easy either because you need actually right. have permission and you need to, you know, depending on the, on the landlord, you might need to pay, you know, a higher premium insurance or, you know, some kind of deposit. You know, just in case your dog damages the the property right. or something. So, I think what what you're doing with Be More is uh, dogs is it's it's pretty cool. You know, you're a really cool dog mom. Really, really <laughs> cool dog mom. Thank you. You know, 
You know, you mentioned you mentioned you know you've had quite a few dogs over the years, and they've had health issues. So you know, um, could you share? You know, um, what do you mean? You know, like what kind of health issues um, did your dogs have? So it started with our girl Lucy several years ago now, and it was kind of like this mystery illness and it took us a really long time to get her properly diagnosed. And I got this real crash course in kind of like what I, everything I disagree with about the veterinary industry <laughs> in, in trying to get her properly diagnosed. And uh, what she ended up having was sort of, sort of this rare illness called insulinoma, which is a a cancer of the cells of the pancreas that create insulin so it was causing her to it's sort of like the opposite of diabetes right it creates so much insulin that it made her blood sugar drop to the point where she was having seizures so all we know is she starts acting sort of oddly she collapsed on our walk one day again this is because of low blood sugar but we didn't know that at the time and and then, you know, she would have these sort of tremor episodes, which are called focal seizures or like a, kind of like a partial seizure. And I'm trying to explain all of this to our veterinarian. And I just felt like I wasn't being heard and that they were jumping to other conclusions and wanting us to have all these different tests done that to me didn't make any sense for what I was describing. And I was getting and it was this vet, you know, kind of like right down the street from our house where we had just been going ever since we had her just because it was right there and she had had some blood work done and all this started in like april so she had had all this blood work done and they call us and they're like well everything looks fine you know you need to go have this and that like an echocardiogram and all these things done i'm like this isn't what's going on i i don't know why i thought that i just i just knew that like they weren't listening and i wasn't being heard and they weren't taking me seriously and and it starts getting worse and worse and worse. And it gets to the point where now, you know, she's having the full balloon, like what you'd call like a grand mal seizure. And I'm like trying to tell the vet this. And it's like almost like he's not believing me. And so I had to start like taking videos. And now I'm like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen an animal have a seizure. It's like the most horrible thing I've ever seen. And now I'm trying to like take video of it, which like felt awful and icky to me. But it's like, this was the only way I could get him to believe me that this is what was happening. You know, so now we're they're sending us to like a neurologist and they're kind of doing these tests and it's kind of like well i don't know she looks fine to me <laughs> you know and i'm like what is going on so i i knew someone who i i call her like a holistic dog mom and uh and i i reached out to her and i was like do you know a veterinarian like who who would you go to if your dog was having a problem so she tells me somebody and it's like they're like an hour and a half away and I like I don't even care. I'm like it's fine. We'll we'll go there. So they get a copy of Lucy's whole vet records, and we go for our first appointment. And she says to me, "I think I know what's going on." And this is now July. She's like, "Well, back in April, she had had this blood work done, and she had a really low blood sugar reading." And she said, "And I I think there's a condition that could be causing this that's causing her blood sugar to drop. And you know we're going to do some extra tests." And sure enough, she was right. And that's how we got the right diagnosis. And so then I'm like, well, why didn't anybody pick up on this back in April? Like we've been watching this poor dog have seizures for months and nobody ever told us this. So now I'm going back to the vet that, you know, and I'm like showing them like, why, why didn't anybody follow up on this? Like her blood sugar reading was like 49 and they're kind of like, oh, well, you know, sometimes it just, if the blood sits out too long, it can just drop or like, I don't know, like it made no sense to me, whatever they said to me. And so I'm like, is anybody like, what is going on? Is anybody looking at these things? Like what, this is not how, like what I thought was happening when I went to the vet, right? Like I thought like people listened to you and people were thorough and looked at things and wanted to get to the bottom of things. And I'm like, this is just not what's going on here. And so, you know, I said, well, I'm transferring everything down to this other vet that's like an hour and a half away. And they got really like angry at me and he called me a witch doctor. And I'm like, what is, just because I want my dog to be like cared for and like all options to be considered, like you're now calling me these names. And it was very crazy. <laughs> 
So then in the middle, like, so while we're dealing with trying to get Lucy properly diagnosed, like some weird things are starting to happen with Kahlua. And I'm kind of going back and forth between these two vet offices again. And she ended up having mast cell cancer, but it didn't present in like the normal way that mast, like it wasn't like she had this strange lump and that it came back as mast cell. It was this whole sort of systemic, like very advanced form, but that made it harder to diagnose. And it looked like she was having allergies or like reactions to things. And anyway, it was, again, it was like months of trying to get her diagnosed. And then by the time we got her diagnosed, like it was pretty much too late for us to do anything for her. And we only had like a couple more weeks with her. And so all of it was like this crash course to me. I'm like, what, what goes on with these veterinary offices and what do I want for my dog and how do I want them to be? cared for and how thorough are things being it was a huge lesson for me (laughs) were you you know since they called you a witch a witch doctor kind of a witch mom were you um would you say prior to that you you were more conventional kind of pet parent like how you know how would you say you was your care you know, um, we like to talk about diet, lifestyle, kind of thing. You know, did that change much when you went to the, to the the witchy doctor? So, you know, when we first got the dogs, like we didn't know anything, right? Like we just, I don't know, you feed them something from a bag that we got at the grocery store. You know, I'm like horrified now, right? When it, cause, but it was like we just didn't know, and we just thought we were doing what they said to do, and I didn't know enough to kind of think beyond that uh and then a couple interesting things were sort of happening i was having some strange health issues of my own that got me really concerned about like my diet and what are we eating and there was like a huge pet food recall here i think in like 2007 and that was like what really made me first start paying attention to to, because their dogs were dying and that was like what really made me start paying attention to like, what, what? I didn't even know that there was like a difference in dog foods and things. So we started, we were still doing like a kibble, but it was like a higher end kibble because none of those were on like this recall issue. And then when I started volunteering and, and meeting people in the, the dog world, that was like the first time I ever heard about like raw feeding. And uh, some of the people who were volunteering, like were actually distributors for this raw dog food company that's actually based here in Baltimore. And so, and then it was like, I couldn't even afford that at the, at the time, <laughs> but that was like the goal in my head. I was like, okay, like, you know, when we, when we can afford this, I want to switch to that just cause like I did, that was when I very, just very first started learning things. So I think we had already actually switched over to raw by the time that they started having their health issues. And I mean, this, you know, we had had them for, you know, for about 10, 11 years. I mean, they were, and they had both been like a couple years old, you know, when, when we adopted them. So they were, you know, 12, 13 year old pit bulls at this time, which is a relatively average, you know, life expectancy. Um, but yeah, I had started to become aware of, of raw feeding. And so they were probably raw fed for like the last like two years. And then I had started to become aware of like, oh, I'm not going to put this front line or these chemicals on them. And like, I had kind of just all been waking up to all that right before their health issues started. And now I'm like super crazy, <laughs> like holistic person, you know? <laughs> so, um, and in your journey as becoming a holistic dog mom, uh, you know, um, would you was there a particular incident in particular that stands out to you that you know made you um you know um in terms of say methodologies or treatments you know from a holistic point of view that it's like so radical that some people might not have thought about um you know in terms of like healing your dogs when your dogs was really sick so my girl Penny here, who's laying right next to me now, um, in 2019, she had a ser- she had a, like a chronic UTI situation, and we were working with a vet, this holistic vet, and um, and we were on and she had her on some antibiotics, and it's like we had her on one antibiotic, and then as soon as we she stopped taking it, the UTI came back. So then. 
they like put her on like another course and like same thing happens doesn't like it comes back right away as soon as she stopped the medication so then they like sent it out and I guess had some extra blood work or extra lab work done on her urine sample and found like oh we she needs a totally different antibiotic so now she's on like the third course of antibiotics and then that did it and that seemed to clear up the UTI situation and then a couple months later she started having all these other issues and like for one thing her weight went up out of nowhere like she her weight went up by like five pounds I mean she's like a you know like a 50 pound dog so five pounds is pretty noticeable on her but it's like we hadn't changed anything that you know that she was like really being fed or anything so that was like strange to us and then and then she started having all these sores all over her she's had these sores like all over her paws and it got so bad like she could barely like it, if we tried to walk down the street or something like she would just stop walking like there was times when my husband you know would take Nino and have to walk him come back get the car and come pick us up because she could you know her feet were so sore like she couldn't walk home we had to like drive her home and from like you know half a mile away and um and then you know we said so we go to the vet and what do they do they put her back on another course of antibiotics and so all of this was happening right when COVID started. So now we're into like 2020 and I was like, we got to try something else here. And things were starting to shut down and like the whole uh, thing with like the curbside vet appointments where you can't go in with them anymore. So another friend of mine, who's also somebody that I go to for, for recommendations, I'm like, you know, who do, who do you go to? I got to try something else here. Cause we've been doing this thing with the antibiotics and it's, I, I don't trust this anymore. So she sends me like another vet recommendation and it's a woman who actually works out of her home. So you can go in. I mean, we were masks and everything, but like, at least it wasn't, I'm just like dropping them off and not knowing what happened kind of thing. So I start working with her and she runs like the fecal, the animal biome fecal test. And it comes back and her gut biome is horrible. I mean, just like like the worst like results you could ever have and here we are we're doing raw feeding we're doing fermented goat milk and fermented fish stock and we think we're doing all of the things right that that you that you should do so you know because i'm such a nerd about all of this stuff i had actually done an animal biome test on her at the end of like at the beginning of 2019 just because that was the first time i had ever heard of it and it looked like fun to me because <laughs> that's like what i think is fun and i i just wanted to see so i had kind of like a before she had all the antibiotics result and then an after and the difference was shocking to us at how bad like she had gone from like relatively normal and healthy to like so shockingly bad and and we knew she had had all of these antibiotics in, in the interim so our this new vet that we started working with, she had seen Dr. Margot Roman speak at like the various holistic vet conferences. And she's like, we're gonna do the, the fecal microbiome transplant. And she actually uses her own dog as a donor because um, she tests her, her dog all the time. And so we did, I think it, we did one course and she, or one, you know, administration and she had like a huge improvement and then we did another one and it's like she's been really good ever since then and i think we did a, a third one about like six months ago just kind of as like a maintenance thing and uh so yeah that that i am like such a huge believer in the mi microbiome transplant therapy like i tell everybody about it i know it sounds really weird anytime the word fecals in something you know we're all like what's going on but this, this was so hugely you know made such a huge improvement in Penny. Like it's, it's amazing. Oh, I, I love animal biome. Um, I love what they do. Um, I love poop. I'm a, <laughs> I'm obsessed with poop. Everybody, you know, uh, when, whenever my dog takes a, a crap, I will pick it up and, and feel it, <laughs> look at it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, I, you know, um, I agree. Um, FMT fecal microbiota transplant, whatever they call it, you know, um, animal biome. I I lovingly call their their FMT pills poop pills, mm -hmm. the ones that they sell, um, because it has done wonders for my rescue cases. Because I'm actually a volunteer as well, so I do um, I take care of community cats in my neighborhood. Um, once in a while, when I have the space, you know, we we will help dogs as well, you know, uh, foster. But um, 
the poop pills are just amazing because they help to um, restore very damaged guts, especially if they've been on you know lots of antibiotics. Um, and a lot of people don't realize how damaging it is whenever your dog has to go through a round of antibiotics. I mean, sometimes you know there is a valid reason why your dog has to go through antibiotics. Um, but it also damages their gut. So we always have to, you know, I explain to um, some adopters or pet owners, it's like, yeah, so after your dog goes through that, you actually have to support and heal the gut because um, unfortunately, it damages their, their gut health, like in a very severe way, you know, and uh, poor gut health. My, my first dog that I adopted, Merlin, she's like, she was a puppy at a shelter, but, you know, uh, I didn't know better that time. But, you know, um, I think because she had very poor gut health, so she had skin issues, she had, uh, you know, behavioral issues and stuff. So it took a while, you know, to, to sort of figure it out as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think what you did and what, you know, you working as not all pet parents are like you <laughs> not I have all found that out too <laughs> yeah not all pet parents are nerdy enough uh, and i love nerds uh who you know who will try and and figure out you know like what's wrong and 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 when they're not happy you know with what they're getting from say their first vet they try to get a second opinion or third opinion you know uh not many pet parents actually will bother. They might go to the same vet, they might whine about the 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 results, but they still keep going back to the same vet mm. to get the same results, you know? And, you know, there's this thing about, uh, what was it? What did, was it Einstein who said, you know, uh, um, doing the same thing over and over <laughs> again, expecting a different result is yes. insanity. You Definition know? of insanity, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, so, I have learned this in with my own health too, is just like we have to give ourselves permission to kind of go outside the box. And I think sometimes like we get, I don't know if like intimidated is the word, but it's like we look at, you know, a doctor or veterinarian and think like, well, they went to school, they have these degrees, they clearly know more than me. But we can't expect any one person to like, know everything that there is to know about everything, <laughs> you know, and we expect a lot of veterinarians. I mean, they work on multiple species of animals, you know, and, and so, yeah, I just have had to get comfortable with like, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to look somewhere else and I'm going to do research about who might know better, you know, and I don't think I had, I don't, I know, I don't know all of the answers, but I know enough to know that like, this isn't working <laughs> and I got to try something else but yeah I think sometimes it's almost like this mental thing of like well we have to like give ourselves permission to like keep looking outside of the box and, and find somebody else that can help us yeah I have a lot of thoughts about that <laughs> so you know being you know the, the kind of nerdy dog mom that you are um you know uh did do you have like a system of you know tracking your dogs um because you said you know your dog had a lot of health issues and stuff, so did you did you you know how how did you manage to track and and follow and pick up you know certain uh, abnormalities in their behaviors or anything to 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 help you? So I'll tell you the secret, which is that I'm not always the most organized person. <laughs> And I seem to start thinking that I can like keep track of everything in my head. And what I have learned as I have gotten older is that that is not a reasonable expectation. And I have to write things down and I have to get more organized about things. And even when I was going through like the breast cancer stuff, I had, I was kind of doing some different alternative health things. And I had this, like those big like desk calendars and I would write what out what I was doing every day you know like I would have to do certain things every other day and certain things twice a week and you know so I had this whole calendar that I created for myself of you know of like what I what I was doing for my own health so when Penny started having this health crisis right 
kind of like at the beginning of 2020 with when her feet started getting so bad I started looking around for is there some kind of like dog health journal or something some sort of system and I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for online anywhere which kind of surprised me and so I became determined that I was going to create this for myself <laughs> and so I started with just kind of doing a simple spreadsheet kind of going through her history of everything that I did have and just kind of doing an entry for like on this date we went to this vet for this reason and this was the outcome and this were the medications that she was given so that's when I started looking and realizing like oh my god she had had four courses of antibiotics in less than a year and that's got to affect things so it was just you know I would have all like I have this folder of these papers and I just kind of shove the papers in there but it wasn't but it, I really needed to like get it at down on paper to really start like putting it all together. And so then when we started working with this new vet, you know, she was, she does acupuncture, she does herbs, she does ozone. She was recommending that like we try doing like green tea foot soaks or Epsom salt foot soaks. And she would say, well, do these, do Epsom salt for a week and see if it makes a difference and then do green tea for a week and see if it makes a difference. And so I started trying to figure out, well, how am I gonna quantify if what, what a difference is, if there's an improvement, you know? So I started kind of just taking like notebook paper and like writing down like on this date, she had like four sores on her back left foot and, and I would take pictures of them every day at like the same time every day. So at the end of the week, I could like scroll through and see like, do they look better or worse or, you know, and I was trying to like figure out a way to kind of keep track of all these things. And I, I started creating my own little version of a dog health journal. And I started just tracking everything with Penny uh, that we were doing. And in the middle of all of this, in the middle of quarantine and everything, she gets an ear infection. So we have to start giving her you know, drops in her ears each day. And uh, I think we had started the drops on like a Saturday. And on Monday, of course, I'm working from home because it's quarantine. And the mailman came on Monday and our, our mailbox is like right outside of our front door. And we have a dog bed that's kind of right near the front door. So every day the mailman comes, the mailbox clanks and she's like, oh, rah, 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 rah. and she totally slept through it. She like totally slept through the mailman coming and I'm like, like, that's never happened like you know something this is weird so I wrote it down like it slept through the mailman coming like this is weird and so the next day I think I had had to run out somewhere and I came back and again she's like asleep right there by the front door and she doesn't get up and I mean I dropped to the floor like what happened to my dog like you know she always gets up and greets me the minute I come in the door you know I'm making noise like keys and everything and she totally slept right through it and I'm like this is really strange that like two days in a row now she has slept through things and so I like I'm, I start looking like well what have we been doing and then I'm like oh my god we just started this ear medicine and I'm like thinking like ears hearing like sleeping through things is she not hearing things and I'm like can ear medicine cause hearing loss like that like you would think like you know they would tell you that that's a possibility or something so I start like Googling it and I'm finding like horror stories and Googling that like, yes, sometimes ear medicines can make your dog lose hearing. So I, you know, I'm texting our vet right away and she calls me back like two minutes later and she's like, oh my God, what happened? You know, I'm like, cause I'm just like, could this affect her hearing by any chance? And I'm like telling her, you know, the story and she's like, oh my God, stop using it right now. And she's like, you know, I've been a vet for 25 years. There's been like four times in 25 years where dogs have lost their hearing from this medicine she's like I it's so such a minuscule percentage that like it doesn't even occur to her to say that this could happen but it can absolutely happen and so I didn't know whether she'd get her hearing back or not but she did it took a while but she did and I think it's you know because we caught it so quickly and so I really do feel like starting this dog health journal kind of saved her hearing and so I started working with like a graphic designer to make it look prettier than what I had come up with, you know? And, uh, and then it took me like a really long time to figure out how to sell, like physically, like be able to sell this online. Um, but yeah, so now I, I do have the dog health journal available for sale if, if anybody uh, is interested. Oh man, that's fantastic. That's, that's an awesome story. 
you know, <laughs> I think um, definitely, I think every pet parent, um, you should, you should, you know, have a dog health journal, you know, um, even cat parents out there or even yeah. if you're a rabbit owner, you know, if you're a pet parent, um, because animals, as much as, you know, we wish they could talk to us, talk to us, like in English or, you know, Spanish or whatever's your mother tongue, um, they can't. So you actually have to watch the behavior. Yes. You know, and, and be a detective at the same time. So it's great that you love your dog so much that you actually notice, um, you know, the little things that happen. And you actually write it down. And you're so right because when we when we, we all like to think that we can keep everything up in our head. Yeah. Um, but sometimes life can be well overwhelming. Life can be very busy, you know, and sometimes we actually do miss out on the little details if we don't have it written down on you know, and we see it there's a pattern forming because sometimes right. we don't see the pattern until we actually look at it on paper. So, you know, I think it's fantastic that what you created uh, you know the dog health journal, and I think every every dog parent should should get one, you know, uh, or at least you know f- learn from Erin because um, she's the kind of dog mom that I think every every dog parent should be. You know, you sh- you should you should really like f- try and figure out if you're not happy with with a diagnosis, um, get a second opinion or third opinion. You know, do your own research because you're right. Uh, we always think that vets should know best because, you know, they spend so many years studying and, you know, they, they should know everything. And I used to think that way too because, you know, I trusted my vet. But unfortunately, conventionally trained vets don't see the whole picture. You know, they don't they don't think about uh, body in a very uh, natural, organic way sometimes, you know, the holistic way, right. uh, which is a which, which is a bit of a shame because I actually believe in, you know, integrative care mm-hmm. where, you know, we should get the best of both both worlds. Yes. You know, that's how we, you know, that's how you tackle a problem. I, I don't think that there's, you know, any any problem in life, there's not just one way of doing things to, to resolve an issue, you know. Um, th- th- nothing is always, I don't know, black and white. There's a lot of shades of grey. Right. <laughs> You know, and and you know many different ways of looking at things. I love the fact that you know, um, despite your your cancer diagnosis, you 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 were doing your best being a dog mom at the same time. You know, uh, I think you know uh, not many not many uh, people will think beyond their own problems put it this way you know uh usually when when something happens to them in a very life-changing way they suddenly uh hunker down you know then they sort of shut down they don't care about anyone else or anything else they just want to me 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 but you're you're different uh you know i think i went through a little bit of a phase of that you know like the first couple weeks were were such a shock but Mm. Like I said, I, I had to pull myself, I had to kind of pull myself out of that and, and not, you know, I was like determined that it wasn't going to do that to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I just want to, you know, like acknowledge and, and, and say that, you know, uh, when shit really happens in a person's life, um, it's okay to hunker down. But, you know, what, what I find... Um, extraordinary is and and very inspirational is people like you who pick yourself up you know um, and and push forward and move on one step at a time you know Uh, it's not easy you know but that's that's the thing which I I respect the most about you know um, cancer survivors or, or people who are going through something like that is that they just push because you know it's like yeah it sucks but we're just gonna try one day at a time push forward i'm gonna have good days and bad days you know but i'm just gonna keep trying and you know you from the way you describe it you didn't you know you you didn't give up 
give up you know you you just kept looking for like i don't want to lose my hair <laughs> you know <laughs> so i want to find i want to find you know what can i do what what other therapies are there what are my options you know um and i just you know i just wanted to acknowledge that you know um because really to to be to to go through what you went through plus being a dog mom and you know as you said you know uh, your dogs had issues as well and you know you 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 know you were juggling you were handling quite a, a you know lots of things over the last few years that way you know i think it's you know super <laughs> thank you i never feel super <laughs> i just always feel like i don't know i'm doing what i'm supposed to do i guess um I guess, you know, I, I can be very determined when I, I do set my mind to something that uh, that something's not going to get the, the best of me or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, I feel like the dogs got me through so much of the cancer, too. Uh, and that, you know, they really helped me stay present and stay in the moment. You know, like if if there's a lesson I have learned from my dogs, it's that, you know, uh, I used to struggle a lot with anxiety and, and honestly, there's a couple of different things I've done about that, but the dogs are just a huge part of, of it, of just kind of really staying like focused and in the moment and, and enjoying the little things and just having gratitude for, for what I do have. And that despite whatever else is going on, you know, around me or that I have them to come home to, you know, um, sometimes I feel like they, you know, they get me through so much that like this is like the least i can do for them <laughs> so you know i'm just you know did you ever think did you ever feel like giving up in life or in the cancer <laughs> yeah in life cancer you know when it got really hard um not like seriously but there's definitely been some hard times over the years, you know, and more so in the loss of my stepson or just in some of the struggles we went on, you know, after we were first married, it was just a really stressful time for all the, you know, we're dealing with this grief and loss and of huge life changes and, uh, sort of the the results of all of the, the lack of coping skills that you learn as a, as a kid and uh you know and so i really you know my husband and i both really credit therapy for kind of helping uh helping us kind of get get through some of of that and uh and kind of being able to still be both here together <laughs> with each other even after all of these years and after all of this stuff uh with the cancer thing it was never that you know i it was it was such a shock more than anything you know i i'd say it jokingly but i'm always like we're not a cancer family we're, we're a heart attack family <laughs> so i've always been sort of you know trying to be focused on you know eating well or you know movement and trying you know it's like again like you think you're doing all the right things and then you you get hit with with this and so it was such a shock and you know it's weird when you go through any huge trauma, I guess, whether it's losing somebody or, or getting some kind of diagnosis like this, like it's not just the initial, like there's the initial loss, but then there's like the every day when you wake up in the morning and then it's like, oh yeah, I have breast cancer. Or, oh, that person's not there. It's like, it's hitting you again, like each day. And so I guess with cancer, it's just nice to be able to get to a point now where that's not like my first thought when I wake up in the morning is that that happened, you, you know, or that I have to go through this again or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just, I credit, I credit the dogs so much for, from the beginning for just kind of being able to help us focus on, you know, being a good thing to focus on, being a happy thing, being something that brought us so much joy in the face of feeling like we had lost so much. Uh, and then just through all the years, through all of our dogs have just, you know, they give us like so much every day that I just, again, I just feel like anything I'm doing for them is just like the least I can do. I just really want to thank you on behalf of all pet parents out there who've listened to your story and 
honestly, if you've not heard um, Aaron Scott's podcast, please please do tune in and support her as well, because uh, we need more pet parents like her who are going out there to create waves and raise awareness on how to be a better pet parent, how you know how to be a better human being, and it's all because of the love of our animals, the love of the dog, you know, and and you know. She, She's a really nice lady, so you know, do support her. Do check out her healthy dog journal. Uh, if you haven't started one, this is a good time to go and 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 and, and um, contact her, and and you know, check it out because I think she's doing really great work. So, thank you on behalf of all pet parents out there. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to be able to connect with you, and I I appreciate everything that you're doing also. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.